what helps to regulate your nervous system protects your brain from problems of aging, helps your brain to function more creatively, helps you to sleep better, helps you have a deeper, more comprehensive sense of your own identity, and amplifies your relationships. Are you interested in that product, (laughs) that offering? Don't worry, I'm not selling you anything. Today I'm talking about the deep value of play and why high performers need, yes, need, to have a hobby, preferably one with movement, in order to continue to thrive and function at their highest possible level. Thanks for joining me to this conversation, which if you've been following along, you know is near and dear to my heart. There's some new ideas and new content in this episode. So if you've heard me talk about play before, I hope you will not tune out because it is one of the things that I think we are sorely missing in our performance and outcome-oriented society, especially among communities of entrepreneurs. If you would like to see play in practice, I am hosting a circus show, a show that I've written and co-produced with my circus coach. And we will be performing it in Minneapolis on May 4th. And I hope you will consider coming because I think it's going to be pretty spectacular. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Hello, my name is Dr. Sherry Walling, and I am a clinical psychologist who focuses on the mental well-being of entrepreneurs and high performers. And today I want to talk with you about something very, very important, and that is why you need, yes, need, some kind of play, movement, or a strange hobby in your life. So today I'm going to talk about why this is a neurological and mental health necessity for you if you wish to continue to perform at your full capacity at the highest range of what's possible for you. One of the things that draws me to so much enthusiasm about this subject is that I love to talk about and do and actually perform in the circus. It's strange. I agree. I started in the circus around the time that I turned 40. So it's become a very significant part of my life well into my adulthood. I wasn't a dancer. I wasn't a gymnast. I didn't come from a circus family. So it's a very new activity that has kind of taken hold and become really a cornerstone of how I spend my time and my money and what my week looks like. So it's okay. You don't have to join the circus. This isn't a podcast about the circus, although... I kind of would like to have a podcast about the circus. This is a podcast about you and what is helpful to you. The reason that having a hobby, a place to play, something that 
is akin to your experience of recess when you were in elementary school, running outside, playing tag with your friends, or maybe climbing on the monkey bars, or doing double dutch, or four square, wall ball, any of the things that were part of your play practice when you were a kid. We have this sense that we outgrow play as we become adults, and nothing could be further from the truth. Psychologically, we always need play. We need those breaks in our prefrontal cortex focused functioning to go outside and move our bodies to be in nature, to be in the sun, and to be running around alongside other people in a way that is light and not outcome oriented. So what is the scientific or psychological rationale for this argument for play? There are a couple of things that I think are really important. The first is I want to talk about our nervous systems. The second, I want to talk a little bit about our brains and what happens when we use play to help diversify our brain. Number three, I want to talk about our identity as a creative, playful human and not just an output machine. And finally, I want to talk about community, how we play alongside other people and why that matters a great deal to our mental health. So let's dive into the first one. We are all basically a set of cells that compose a nervous system. Our humanness is kind of laid on top of a nervous system that is constantly seeking to be regulated, to be in some level of homeostasis. So we do activities that upregulate our nervous system that like wake us up, give us energy, whether that's running up and down the stairs, drinking some coffee, taking uh, a stimulant medicine. And then we do things that downregulate our nervous system that try to bring calm to our sense of ourselves or our homeostasis. So that can be meditation. It can be alcohol. There are a variety of things that sort of move us down into a lower gear of physiological activation. So we go throughout our day, we go throughout our lives, attuning our nervous system to the situation or the context around us. We don't want to be like overly excited if it's just time to like sing a lullaby and cuddle our child to sleep. And nor do we want to be like in a deep state of rest when it's time to record a YouTube video where we're supposed to look like engaging and excited and woo. So how do we calibrate our nervous system? Often that is this magical combination between our bodies, how we use our bodies and what is happening in our minds and what's happening in our environment. So play a hobby is an incredibly important tool to practice the calibration or regulation of our nervous system. When we are at the gym, when we're playing pickleball, when we're playing volleyball in an adult league, when we are, I don't know, bowling, doing circus, even something of fine motor skill like, uh, well, it's not really fine motor skill, but, but blowing glass or doing woodworking, We are integrating bigger body movement into our nervous system regulation. For those of us who spend most of our lives sitting in a chair staring at a computer, which is the vast majority of entrepreneurs that I work with, they typically work online or in technology, we sort of eliminate our big body processes from that regulation system. And so if we can bring movement back in, 
we have more tools and more nuance with which to help us regulate our nervous system. Sometimes we become dysregulated because we have too much energy for the context that we're in. And so something like a big body sport where you are, you know, throwing a medicine ball against a wall or lifting heavy weight or swinging a bat really hard, those big movements in our bodies like help us to diffuse our energy. They use up some good old-fashioned energy so that we are down-regulated a little bit. So we're in a better state of mind and state of body to do more focused work or to be present for more nuanced or more complicated interpersonal interactions. We can also use our hobby to upregulate us, to wake us up, to help us to feel more energized. So that's sort of argument one, is this sense of regulating our nervous system, being able to have a variety of tools to turn it up or to turn it down so that it better matches the context of our environment and the challenges or the needs that we have in a given day. Okay, second rationale for you to have a deep dive into a hobby or something that helps you to play is neurological diversification. (laughs) One of the things that I often talk about is my understanding of burnout as a repetitive stress injury. We are not intended to use our brains in the same way over and over every day. And so for those of us, again, who sit in front of a computer, we're typing, we are interacting with certain neurological circuitry, And we're really excluding a lot of other neurological circuitry. When we are doing our our cognitive work, where our prefrontal cortex is using its amazing executive function abilities, we are not utilizing the parts of us that are important in balance or important in big body movement or even important in like the cross lateral stimulation of our brains where we're using parts of our brains that span both hemispheres. The more we use the diverse parts of our brain, the more neurologically healthy we are. Because if one set of circuitry gets injured, you've got some other circuitry that's already strong and well used. So things like dance are amazing for our brains. They involve sequencing, right? You're remembering steps. uh, And that's a very specific part of circuitry in our brain. It's fine motor movement, you know, the nuance of a hand gesture or... It's big body movement as you step back and forth, shift your weight, maybe spin around. It's interpersonal. You're using your interpersonal skills to dance with your partner or if you're in a group to sort of regulate your movement to their movement. So there's a lot happening in your brain when you're taking a dance class or when you're dancing with your partner or somebody you'd like to be your partner. And that is the kind of hallmark trait of a really healthy brain, a brain that is well used, but not super specified. So we want to be able to use all of the different parts of our brain, our like I mentioned, our gross motor skills, our fine motor skills, our balance, our interpersonal skills, our artistic, creative, outside-of-the-box skills, as well as our organizational sequencing, executive functioning skills. All of it matters, but most of us in the context of our work 
really over-index on certain parts of our brain and don't diversify them. And that's why a hobby is a really lovely addition for our neurological health. It allows more diversification in how we use our brains. Argument number three for why you need a hobby is this is part of your identity. This is the sense in which we define ourselves according to what we can produce. And I have all kinds of issues with that, especially as it relates to our mental health as individuals and as a collective. When you have a hobby or you have something that you do just because you love to do it, there's a part of you that comes alive that has nothing to do with how much output you've made in a day, with how many words you've written, how many lines of code you've produced, how many meetings you've had. But it's just like your soul's aliveness. And I think that that is a very, very important part of human well-being and an important driver of our identity. If you think about the kid that you were, what did you play during recess? What were you obsessed with or interested in in your free time, in your spare time? Did you love cars? Were you curious about how to build an engine or to make it go faster? Or did you love fashion? Were you someone who was sewing or taping together dresses for your Barbies? Did you love space and follow all of the NASA launches? What the thing that you are just drawn to, not because it makes you money, not because it is something that gets you accolades or accomplishment or achievement, but just because it makes you feel delight. That is as important to who you are and what you're here to do on the planet as how you introduce yourself according to the job that you do. So I would like to sort of take back or reclaim how we understand human identity, not just by what we do, but what we love. So having a hobby, really giving yourself your time and energy to something just because you love doing it is an important part of being alive. The last plug for why you need a meaningful, playful hobby, is that some of our best relationships happen with those that we play alongside. So I mentioned I love the trapeze. I'm on a flying trapeze team, sort of. We do shows periodically. And um, the group of people that are on the trapeze team with me have become some of my favorite humans that I spend time with. We have a variety of different backgrounds. We're different ages. We span decades. Some of the people I fly trapeze with are in their 20s. Some are in their late 60s. I'm somewhere in the middle. It's this amazing intergenerational group of people from a variety of different backgrounds who just come together because we love a similar thing. And that kind of interconnectedness with people who are outside of your work environment maybe a different age than you, different experience level than you. Those are important weaving togethers of our human experience. You know, those are the kinds of relationships that maybe in past generations existed at church. You had intergenerational interaction because you knew, you know, older people through seeing them on a Sunday at church, or you knew younger children because you helped uh, with the synagogue kids program. 
Um, but because many of us don't go to church anymore, we don't have intergenerational relationships. Maybe the people that we most interact with are just in our family or the people we've known since high school or the people that are employed by us or work in our businesses. And having true peers, peers that you have joined with because you love a similar thing is a very special relationship. And one that I think we all need, especially as entrepreneurs or leaders, where we don't often spend a lot of time with people who are not reporting to us or who we don't have some responsibility to. So creating space in your life for a hobby where you get to play alongside others, where you get to be coached, where you get to be new, where you get to be someone who is working on improving, not the person who everyone expects to have it all figured out is super, super helpful for our mental health. Hobbies take many forms. I am definitely biased towards hobbies that involve some form of movement. Again, it can be working with your hands, using the parts of the brain that you just don't use so much in your day-to-day life. That's what you want to think about when you're selecting a hobby. It's wonderful if it's something you can do alongside other people and Most importantly, it's something that just kind of lights you up, that makes you a little bit giddy, like, I get to go do this. I can't believe I get to go do this. I think that many of us have been deeply deceived that a good life, a healthy life, a successful life is defined by our work and our productivity. And as I mentioned, I just don't want to accept that as the definition of what it is that we're doing here on the planet. And I think it's deeply, deeply important that we also begin to define ourselves by the ways that we play and the things that we love. Our brains need it, our bodies need it, our relationships need it, and you might even say that our souls need that ability to play. So if you happen to be in Minneapolis or near Minneapolis or you want to travel to Minneapolis, I am amplifying my hobby to write and produce, co-produce a circus show on May 4th. And it's something that I am deeply excited about. Uh, It will be a show that tells the story of how the body, the mind, and the soul interact together. And I think it is a way to bring the things that I love all together in one place and to invite the many people that I'm connected to to come and participate, to be awed and entertained, and also hopefully to come away with some new ways of seeing the world and a new appreciation for the importance of play, not just as an observer of the circus, but as a participant in whatever play activity is tugging at you. So please consider coming to the show or at least following the journey um, on social media, uh, on Instagram at Dr. Period Sherry Walling. You can also see photos of the last show that we did and videos and other information at touchingtoworlds.com. So thanks so much for joining me today. I wish you all the best in your practice of play. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. 
You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.